Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. Um, my name is Tanner Hubbard. I've got Melissa Dunn and Madeline Baker from our team here as well. We're excited to do um, a, a podcast here. We're going to talk about how to hold people accountable without micromanaging. So it's something we've probably all struggled with, whether you're in leadership or not. Uh, just that idea of talking to people about um, th- th- getting awkward early is a phrase we use often in our training and, and having those conversations in a way that's uh, not overbearing particularly when you are in leadership, because we all know micromanaging is that word that, you know, makes everybody's uh, hair stand on end. And so anyway, um, I want to talk about some examples of that and maybe some ways to, to do this in the right way. Um, that being said, um, Melissa, I'm going to throw it to you and your HR background. Um, first of all, what would you say is an appropriate way to begin the conversation about when you are addressing accountability, something that needs to be talked about with an employee, uh, what's a, a good way to do that in a, in a healthy manner? Well, I think just initially sitting down with them with a certain level of openness and letting them know that um, accountability is something that your organization takes seriously, um, which hinges on follow through, right? Because if you don't follow through, then it's, it's harder to hold people accountable. But, um, you know, with that, just letting them know that it's something that is, is measured from a performance standpoint. And if you've done a good job setting the expectations on the front side of that, then the accountability part should, should come easily for them, um, particularly if they're a star employee. They, you know, things that matter to them, they have a passion for what they're doing, but not just necessarily a passion, but just that commit, commitment to seeing things through for the organization as well as, you know, being a good performer themselves. So um, I would just say the openness about it and letting them know that it's a means of measurement for the organization and their overall performance. Yeah. And I really appreciate knowing like what I'm being held accountable to, you know, the expectations. We talk about that all the time, but Um, I've definitely been in situations where I felt like I didn't know what's being expected of me or, um, there's just been times where maybe I do, but I'm seeing like my management, not holding me accountable to those standards or holding other people accountable. Um, I actually had a situation, I used to work at Krispy Kreme and there are, we had a manager over the store and then obviously the owner of the store and he would come in and he would always get on to us whenever he saw donuts falling off the conveyor belt. You know, it goes around the whole loop and then the donuts like fall in the trash can if you don't catch them. So you're always having to, you may be working the driveway drive through, or you may be, you know, doing something in the back, but you always have to keep your eye on the machine because donuts are coming and falling, coming and falling. So, um, he, you know, if donuts fell, like he would get pretty frustrated with us and be like, y'all have to stay vigilant on watching that. Um, and so I will, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I was really like, I'm a rule follower and I like to know what's expected of me. So like I would run up there and always have my eye, but there were so many times where I would be busy doing something in the very back, but there were like two or three employees in the front of the store and they're not watching the conveyor belt. And I'm like, there's donuts falling right behind you. What are you doing? And I'm having to stop from the back of the store to go do something that they should be doing because they're, you know, closer to it or it's just, 
yeah, it was frustrating um, because then I could even see managers not not doing things like that. And I'm like, you're my manager. You should be, you know, talking to those employees and and reiterating what the owner wants us to do. So it just felt like there wasn't consistency sometimes um, with that. And yeah, it, I, I like to know where I stand. Well, I think that consistency word is dead on because the point is not only is that consistency helpful for an employee that is being talked to, is being held accountable on a certain measure, but you're doing that to be consistent with everyone else. It's not just about the consistency with the one individual. It's about being consistency across all individuals, right? And and a lot of times this is the part we forget, whether you're in leadership or just in a position, HR or some kind of role where you're having to have some of these difficult conversations. Uh, realize that it is most often the person you're talking to and having to hold accountable for some behavior or some performance, it is more often affecting more people than just themselves, more times than not. You can just bet that that behavior or that failure in performance or whatever is having a domino effect. And so by, by caring so much, and I get it, people, we have, hopefully most of us have a good heart and care about people and don't want to micromanage them and so we're like well we'll just let them get better and just give them a chance and we don't want to get in the weeds we want to step back but the point is if we're not doing it appropriately we're not just disadvantaging that employee we're disadvantaging all of their coworkers. and so um, I want to go back to something Melissa said a minute ago I think it all starts with clear expectations up front if that's done appropriately it should be easier to balance that line of not micromanaging because now if I have to intervene, it's on clearly something that's already been established as you've both talked to. I want to know where I'm at. I want you to know where you're at. If we've already set that up, then talking about it later is just part of the process. Um, and so if that's done, you can, you can feel less like micromanaging and more like, no, this is me supporting you in this journey. And so I think that's a critical critical part of it. But um, what else on this topic? And I know it's a tough one for a lot of people to to feel like, you know, I want to give people their space, but I also don't want to let it go too long. It's a, it's a tough balance. I, I think I would add to the expectations part of it that you take the time to train the person appropriately or make sure they receive the appropriate training. You know, and with that is, is not just... Um, showing them how to do the work, but giving them the tools to do the work, whether it's checklist um, that you provide them to help make sure that they're following all the pieces of the process, giving them the process, making sure they can see the, the SOP from start to finish and how each, out, how each piece impacts other people on the team. Um, but as a man manager, I know that it helped my, my tendency in some ways, right? Cause I have a really high accountability factor, self accountability. I, and I, tended to want to micromanage sometime, but I felt like if I trained them prop properly early in the process, then I had more confidence in them knowing what it was from start to finish, what the expectations were, what the tasks were, what the tools were available to them, and then I just let them go do it. Now, I had some situations where it didn't quite work out that way, right? Some folks chose to not follow the process, which opened the organization up for more risk, and um, all in all, that that particular situation didn't end well. But even then, I took a, a step back to make sure that I sat down with the person and retrained them. Whenever I realized that some pieces were being missed and steps were being missed, I sat back down, leveled the playing field again, went back through all the tools and the training and the expectation discussion, and and let them go about their business yet again. So I think those are equally important in the expectation setting. 
Yeah, I I feel like the way you describe that is how, as an employee, I would ideally want my manager to handle things. Um, but I have been in situations too where they don't give you the freedom to um, make your own mistakes and like explore uh, how to do it yourself. Now I am a beaver and I want like the checklist too, and um, I do want you to be hands on, but. You know, there were times like learning the espresso machine, we would get like a new machine or whatever. And I'm learning how to make a new drink. And my manager would have me do it like, you know, four or five times in front of her and I would have it down. I'd be doing it perfectly, but it's like, oh, let's keep doing it. And then she would just hover and hover. And I'm like, I feel like I'm just being micromanaged, being watched, and I'm not getting the freedom to uh, do it myself almost. So I think you have to know as a manager when to step back. Because I've, I've definitely felt that as an employee. Trust is a huge piece of it, most definitely, on both sides of the coin. And, and I'll give you another example. Um, I started a new recruiting job and went into an organization that the process was entirely different. So they, they expected me as the recruiter to work with the compensation manager to come up with the offers that were being made. Well, in my previous position, that's not the way that process worked. Well, they failed to communicate that to me, first of all. But I, again, I just took the initiative. I did my own market research study. I came up with the offer to potentially make to the person and, and made the offer based on their experience and internal comparisons and market data. And they're like, whoa, what are you doing? And I'm like, this, this is what I've been doing for you know the last eight or 10 years at another organization. They're like, no, 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 time out. We need you to talk to the compensation manager. And I was like, Oh, that, that would have been nice to know. You, you know. you know what I'm saying? So uh, once they gave me the information, I understood the process. I worked through that a little bit, understood with internal process, processes in theory. But then after a while, I went back to them and I said, hey, I'm really comfortable in this space. It's something I'm used to doing. I'd like to take this off your plate if I can. And as long as I follow within these parameters, are you cool with that? And so at that point, I basically eliminated a step, took something off that compensation manager's plate, and began to, to facilitate another whole piece of the process myself. But it took a moment of earning that trust with them internally relative to the process and understanding how it was different from my previous organization. But once I proved it, you know, proved myself to them, they were they were comfortable with it. I think that's, it's, again, so much, I hope our listeners are, are getting the fact that so much of this goes back to having those expectations clear for both leaders and employees, because now we know what those parameters are, like Melissa was just saying, if I know what the boundaries are, I can excel within them, right? And I can prove myself and I can earn that trust. Um, so that is always, we're always going to talk about that because that's just foundational for so much of this culture journey uh, that we talk about. But one tactical thing I want to offer as well is for a leader or anyone, we keep saying leader, but you don't have to have direct reports to be a leader, but anyone that's having to have a conversation around accountability, um, one thing I think you can do to try to avoid micromanaging but not waiting too long is to have that conversation and be upfront about that with the person and say, tell them what you're trying to do and say, look, I, I want to help you get where you need to go, whether this is a performance improvement plan or whatever the case may be, uh, formal or informal, I want to help you get there, but I also need you to do your part in this, right? I want you to want to get there, if that makes sense. And so having that upfront and saying, look, I'm going to provide all the support I can, but if you 
tell me you got it and you can run from this conversation and, and take it yourself, I'll back off and let you do it. But then you're also now accountable for that, right? You have to own that. Because my point of that is as employees, we have to be careful. We can't say to leadership, whether we actually say this or our body language says this, we can't say, leave me alone. I don't need anything from you. Back off, mind my own business, but then also expect some sort of grace when we fail, if that makes sense. If you need help, we all need help. But if you are going to say you don't need help, but then come back and use that as a crutch later, it's not going to work out for you. I'm just telling you, that's not a, that's not a sustainable career there. And so I would always, as an employee, as anyone who's receiving potential uh, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever that looks like, I would always encourage you to embrace that. You don't have to agree with it, but I would embrace the help, embrace the support, get as much help as you can to get where you need to go. Because the second you put yourself on an island, you put yourself in a bad position. And so from the leadership side, again, I'll, I'll encourage you, have those conversations so that that employee knows they're not on an island, offer that support, and then allow them, you're kind of hitting the ball back to them in you know, a tennis court kind of analogy. You're, you're returning the serve and allowing them to decide whether they're gonna take you up on that or whether they're gonna run solo and then really take the full you know load of, of having to correct their their behaviors or and their performance within that, you know within that conversation too that upfront conversation as an employee it'd be great to know if this is whatever you're training me on is this something where i have some wiggle room in like looking at hey this could be done a little more efficiently or can i run with this in a different direction but still get to the same you know end point the goal that we need so just knowing that i have that freedom because you know i'm i'm the person that i like to follow instructions to a t so if you're going to tell me how to do it i'm not going to really ask questions i'm just going to keep doing it and i may be overlooking some things if i just opened my mind and looked at it in a different way that could be done a little more efficiently or um whatnot so yeah that would be a good thing to add Clearly defined end goals with flexibility on how to get there is really the best kind of combination of these these types of and that's not always possible. Sometimes there is a specific, maybe it's an HR thing, a legal thing, something that has to be met. We get that. But in a lot of cases, if the end result is just, hey, we need you to you know, become more of a team player because right now you're being, being a silo, you're separating yourself. That can look different how they get there. They might be introverted and want to come at that a different way than an extroverted coworker. So that's okay. So you can talk about different ways to get there. Other times it might be a performance thing. No, you have to fill out this form this way every time because legally we're liable. If you don't, there's not a lot of wiggle room, but that, it's a great point that Madeline makes is that when possible, having that flexibility and having those open discussions about here's that level of trust that I'm giving you, you know, operate within these parameters, but take ownership of that. And then as a leader, allowing that person to maybe do it differently than you do. Well, I think the the final just takeaway is again, as so many topics of ours go back to, it starts with clear expectations. It starts with being on the same page, knowing what's expected of you as an employee and as a leader, um, and then that consistency factor. When you have those conversations, don't put them off, don't wait, and don't let individual relationships with employees dictate how those conversations or when those conversations may happen because it's got to be the same across the board because um, it's not just about that one employee in particular it's about all those others that they impact and potentially even impact your customers so setting expectations consistency um, and then building that trust over a long term i think are, are ways you can hopefully hold people accountable without micromanaging so thank you madeline melissa um, and for myself tanner we're excited to uh, have you have listened to us for the last few minutes uh, hopefully this is uh, something you found helpful 
helpful, and we look forward to having you on next time. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.